praise you, O Lord, for you are so awesome, Lord God. God, so wonderful, so real, so true, O Lord God. So amazing, Lord, in all of your ways, O Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, let's just, let's just magnify him. God, let your presence, O Lord Jesus, settle upon me. God, let your word speak to my heart, Lord God, I pray, O Lord. Oh, Lord God, let your glory, Lord Jesus, move within me, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord Jesus. Great are you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise God. God is great. God is amazing and true. Praise the Lord. What an opportunity, what a privilege to come into the house of God, to lift up our voice to Him, to feel the, the Spirit and the, the closeness of God's presence upon us. Praise the Lord. Let's take our needs before the Lord at this time. If you have a special need, if you just lift up a hand, the Lord knows every need in the house. The Lord knows what we have need of. Let's let's just let's offer these to him. Let's let's come to the throne room right now, Lord God. God, we present our needs to you, Lord Jesus. You see across this auditorium tonight, Lord God. God, you know every situation, Lord. You know every need, God. God, I pray, O oh Lord Jesus, that your hand would go forth, Lord. Your presence, Lord, would move forth, Lord Jesus, I pray. God, the miraculous power of your spirit, Lord, let it sweep in every home, Lord. Let it bring healing and help and deliverance and answers, Lord Jesus, directly from you, O oh God. I pray, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Praise God. You can be seated. <clears throat> now, I don't know exactly where to start tonight, but uh, let me start, I guess, with this statement. I am not always what it seems, what I seem to be. Okay? Just want you to know that. I try to let on, Brother Jeff, like I'm Scrooge. I'm really not Scrooge, okay? I've got a I've got a reputation to uphold, but I'm I'm really not Scrooge. Uh, I'm not. I heard the rumblings, not clear, not enough to know what that was said. <laughs> But I am not Scrooge. I love the holidays. I love this time of year for several reasons. I like it because it turns cold. You know, it, it just, it's, it's different, you know. In January, I'm ready to ship it out. But right now, it's kind of cool. You know, it's, yeah, it is. <clears throat> and, I, and so I, I love it because of the, the you know, the change, the, the cold. And I, 
I like it because everywhere you go, you hear Christmas music playing, and, and uh, <clears throat> that's better than the rap stuff that you hear at different times. I was walking today and, and went by. A, a, a guy was working on his car, and I'm thinking to myself, how in the world can you listen to that? That would drive me bazonkers. I mean, he's working on a car. If I was doing that, I would tear something up, I promise you. I would tear that place apart. And I like it by, because of that. I like it because there, there's the spirit of giving in the air. You know, I, I, you know, I kind of like to see the guy out ringing the bell in front of Walmart. Sam's to be, in fact. Uh, when I got the water this week, he was out there ringing the bell, and I slipped a couple of dollars into that little deal, and who knows where it's going? Who knows what's going to happen? But you know what? The spirit of giving is in the air this time of year. I, I like that. I like, I like, the, I like that, that people remember Jesus Christ at this time. I like that. <clears throat> yes, there's a, there's a lot of uh, falsehood. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, Santa is really real. People try to say he's not, but you're looking at him. <clears throat> uh, there's, a, there's a lot of junk and stuff that goes on at, at this time of year, but I, I just kind of wanted to let, let that be out there, that I'm not everything that I'm, I seem all the time, okay? All right? <clears throat> now, <clears throat> tomorrow, if you talk to me, I'll probably say, bah humbug. But uh, just so you know my true feelings. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, that this time of year brings, and I, I want to I talk about, about some things. And, and, and uh, Brother Jeff mentioned worship, and I'll be talking a, a little bit about that. And, and what would cause, what, what would, would cause somebody to lose their worship? What would, what would be a reason that, uh, that, that I'm, I'm going to talk about our, our hearts becoming hard. I'm going to talk about uh, deception a little bit. But I, 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 want to, I want to, before we start, before we go get into the Word or anything, I want to, uh, I want to bring up some, some people. The, the Bible says, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. What? He wasn't that bad a guy. Esau, I mean, you know, he's kind of a manly type man. He's out in the woods. I mean, what would what would cause him? What would what would be that? You know, I would kind of, if you was looking, give the check mark on Esau's side. Jacob just sat around the house. That's not good. No, there was something more. There was something here that Esau could care less about the worship to the Lord. His heart was become hardened to the same old thing. And, and uh, Jacob was tender toward the Lord. He loved the Lord. You could look at, at several people in the Bible. You can all down through. Just for instance, look at, look at Saul and David. Just take a take a brief glimpse at their life. You know, here, here David is 
talked about and, and, and he's revered and he wrote the major part of the Psalms and, and uh, he instituted worship and, and all of that. And, and you know, he, he gets all the allocades, but Saul gets kind of a bum rap. Why? I mean, if you really look at it, David's sin was a whole lot worse seemingly from my point of view than Saul's, right? So what is the difference? Because of a hardness of the heart, because of allowing things to, to steal our praise and our worship to the Lord and our relationship with Jesus Christ. You can remain seated, but I want to I begin reading in Mark chapter 3 and verse number 1. And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there which had a withered hand. And they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. Verse 3, and he said unto the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. And he saith unto them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto, unto the man, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Now, it's believed that this synagogue was one of the pictures that, that you saw the remnants on the slide presentation in Capernaum. In fact, uh, uh, Simon Peter's mother-in-law's house was just, uh, just a, a stone's throw away from, from this, from this synagogue. This synagogue was built by a centurion that had, that had financed the construction and the cost a building this, and it was a Sabbath day, and, and, and evidently the word was out that a decree had been given by those in authority, and, and perhaps even handed down from, from headquarters, from, from, the, from Jerusalem or wherever it was, that, that those religious leaders that, that made those decisions, that, that healing on the Sabbath day would be considered work. I'm sure according to what we know and how we read the Scripture, uh, <clears throat> we, we would understand that, that this, this feeling would be conveyed to Jesus and, and it would be delivered to him and let him know, hey, hey, listen, uh, you know, we're, we're glad you're here, but let's just don't do any stuff on, on the Sabbath day. This is the Sabbath day. This is, a, this is a day of rest. And so there was a man there that had a withered hand. And everybody watched to see what Jesus would do because he had compassion. Everywhere he went, you, you could tell he had compassion on the multitude. So Jesus, they were watching Jesus to see what he did. And Jesus was very aware of this because he asked, is it lawful to do good on, or evil on the Sabbath day? Is it lawful to save a life or to kill a life on the Sabbath day? And nobody said anything. They were just watching. And the scripture says that Jesus was grieved by the hardness of their heart. And Jesus said unto the man, stretch forth your hand. And he was healed. The scripture tells us that immediately the Pharisees began to plot how they might destroy him. 
And so I, I want to I talk for the next few minutes. I want to preach to you, speak to you, to us about the condition of our heart. How does the heart become hardened? Proverbs tells us to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The issues is, is, is everything that, that makes your life become blessed and wonderful. Out of it, out of your heart, are the issues of life. And so, so <clears throat> I'm going to talk about the heart and, and read some scriptures about that. But just for the sake of, uh, of, of, of a title, I want to title this Deception, because that's what makes the heart hard. What is deception? It's the action of deceiving someone. And when you look at this, when you begin to, to dig into this, one thing would be, is, would be deception by uh, obtaining somebody's property, by deception, by trickery, by sneak, sneaking around, doing something, moving you know, one of, the, one of the main things in the Old Testament, don't move the landmarks. Don't, you can't mess with the landmarks. And so, understand this. The devil is a liar. That's, that's the first premise that we must understand. The devil is a liar. If he's talking, he's lying. Okay? And so, his purpose is to steal. It's to kill. And his purpose is to destroy he wants to steal from you. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. That's what he desires in a nutshell. He wants to steal what is most precious to you, and, and he does it by deception. Now, in the scripture I read to you, uh, Satan convinced the people that the law had <clears throat> to be protected at all costs. That's why their heart was hardened. He convinced them that, man, you know, you, you, you need to protect the law. The law was given by Moses, and here this interloper's coming in, and he's doing these things, but, but let's go by the law. And so the deception hardened them to compassion of those with needs there. And deception is the act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. Deception gives people an excuse to do something that they would never consider doing. Case in point, most of those at the synagogue would have been thrilled to see the man healed. Most of those would have jumped up and down. Most of those would have gone crazy. In fact, most of them were from, from around the countryside, but they had become hardened by what was said. And so the deception had hardened their heart to that. How does deception take hold? Many times it starts with sin. Sometimes it's a perceived wrong. Uh, sometimes it's a perceived or, or genuine injustice. Sometimes it's just self-righteousness. Even though it's not <clears throat> quite right, even though I know it's not quite right. Even though I understand this is not quite right, I can now justify myself in this. Sin brings deception. It messes up the mind. Continual doing what you know is wrong 
leads to believing a lie. That's where Satan steals from you. That's where Satan takes from you. He steals your self-worth. He steals your innocence. He steals your peace of mind. You begin to experience anxiety and panic attacks. Listen to Numbers. Uh, Numbers 14, verse number 22. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice. Look, look at this for just a minute. God was so angry with them. God was incensed. You have seen my glory. You've watched when I perform the miracles. You've experienced the, the loaves and the fishes, so to speak. You've, you've experienced the manna that came down from heaven. You've drunk from the water that came from a rock. You've seen the miracles. You saw as I took care of Pharaoh. You saw as I took care of the armies. You've seen all of these things multiplied over and over again. And yet, every time you have turned away from me, they experienced the miracles. But now they've tempted me. Over and over, he said, frequent sins, many sins that are unrepentant, harden the heart. You know, the scripture tells us, and in fact, the, the M90, the, the, our, our Bible reading that, that some of us have been challenging to kind of to, to, uh, compete with the, all, our, all of our Bible quizzers. Uh, what Anybody know what Romans 3 and 20 says? Come on now. Anybody? Anybody going to help me out here? Wow. I knew it until I got up here. When we, when we look at that, <clears throat> let me go back just one. Help me, Romans 3 and 23. Oh, did you? 23, yes. 23. How could I forget that? I know it as well as I know anything. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You need to learn that scripture. <laughs> you need to learn that scripture. For <laughs> <clears throat> we have, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Every one of us. But Mark chapter 16 and 14 reads like this. Afterward, he appeared into the leaven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. You see, he, had, he showed himself to, to different ones. He revealed himself and, to them, and, and they came back all excited and began to tell the other disciples, that's garbage. I'm not believing that. And so <clears throat> their unbel unbelief, unwillingness to trust in the Lord. And Jesus stood in their midst. He came in, in their midst and said, how on earth would you not believe, uh, disbelieve me? How on earth would you not believe that I, this is, I told you this. I told you that I would rise from the dead. I told you that I would do this. Their hearts became 
hardened. They saw all the stuff and junk going on. They saw the public execution. They fled, ran for their lives. And just their hearts became hard toward that. Good people can, can become hard, hearted by holding a grudge. Good people can become hard-hearted by allowing unforgiveness in their life. Man, it's got quiet in here. I guess I'm hitting on it today. You see, unforgiveness leads to deception. Remember, I told you that the devil wants to steal from you. He wants to take what is rightfully yours. Satan's job, remember, was a praise leader in heaven. Read about it in Ezekiel chapter 28. He was the praise leader. He had the pipes and all of that. He was, he was glorious. Everybody, everybody complimented him. He, 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 was, he was in front of the Lord God in, in praise and, and worship to him. And so the devil wants to steal your praise because he's lost his. He lost his position as a leader of praise because of rebellion. He lost his position as a leader of praise because he quit worshiping the Lord. He allowed rebellion to rise in his heart. When we lose our praise, we just go through the motions. We say the right things. We act the right things. But something here is missing, Brother Jeff. Something here is gone. Because we must praise the Lord with everything that is within us. It must not become just something forced that we do, but it must be something that we walk into the presence of God and say, Oh God, I've come to praise you. Oh Lord, I just want to get in your presence. I want to walk in your spirit. Hallelujah. We must never get to the point that we lose our praise and that we just go through the motions. Did I mention about holding grudges? Did I mention about unforgiveness? You say, you already mentioned that. I know. You know, I'm old, but I'm not senile yet. Almost, but. Allowing unforgiveness to harden our hearts. Allowing stuff to make us hard. You know, I thought of that song as I was working on this, as the Lord began to deal with me about this. And I thought of that song when I walked through the doors. I felt sensed your presence. Hallelujah, when I walk through the doors. God, let my worship become fresh and new again. God, let my worship be spontaneous. God, let my worship be pleasing to you. Okay, I, I understand you're talking about deception. You're talking about hardness of the heart. But what's the answer? It's very simple. Ezekiel chapter 11. 
and verse number 19 reads like this. And I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh that they may walk in my statutes and keep mine ordinances and do them. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. Okay, let me reinforce that. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse number 25, it says again, Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your filthiness. And from all your idols will I cleanse you. Verse 26, a new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. You notice this, God promises to take away the stony heart from us. You know, I just mentioned earlier Romans 3 and 23. Anybody remember what it was? Oh, good deal. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us. And I, I know that at this time of the year, sometimes it's You hear the song, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and sometimes it's almost like it's the most awful time of the year because people get all caught up in the stuff and in the junk and forget the real meaning of everything, the meaning of God, the the meaning of worship to the Lord. But let's let God's Word speak to us tonight. All right? See, God's Word brings healing. God's Word brings softness to the heart. God's Word allows our heart to be molded and melted before Him. And so we've heard what Ezekiel said. He said, I'll give you, God said, I'll give you a new heart. I'll give you, I'll give you a heart of flesh, and, and I'll give you a heart that's tender and compassionate and, and caring. And so Ezekiel also gives us instruction on a new mind. Listen to Ezekiel 18 and verse number 30. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby you have transgressed. And make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? Why? For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord God. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live ye. You see, it comes down to me. It's my responsibility to cast away my transgressions. It's my responsibility to cleanse my heart. Saul was always above that. Saul always had blame for other people. But when confronted, David confessed and repented. And God allows us to confess 
and repent. It's our responsibility to repent. It's so easy, repentance. It's not a hard thing. Sometimes we almost get to the point to think that it's just some uh, uh, sinner from off of the street. They're the ones that need repentance. But in reality, all of us need repentance. Paul says, I die daily. Repentance is a, is a daily walk with God, a daily searching our soul, a daily looking inside and reflecting on who we are and what we are. I've walked through the grocery line in a foul mood because I don't like to be at Walmart, basically. Don't go very often. <clears throat> but I've walked through the line and suddenly I've caught myself almost snarling at people that shove and push until I finally, suddenly, a realization, I'm supposed to be a Christian. Do what? Here? How can you be a Christian here? But you know what? What, is the, what does the Word of God say? Proverbs a soft answer turneth away wrath. It's so easy. Repentance is admitting guilt. It's confessing sin. Taking responsibility for my actions and sins. That brings a new heart. It also reestablishes our praise kind of wonder what David felt when he came into the house of God and he cried out, create within me a clean heart and renew within me a right spirit, O Lord. Hallelujah. You see, we're at the house of the Lord tonight. We're, at the, we're in the sanctuary tonight. We've come to lift up our praises to the Lord. We've come to magnify Him. You say, well, who are you exactly targeting tonight? I'm targeting every one of us because de deception has no peculiar person in mind. Deception happens to us all. Deception is something that comes so easily. The hardness of the heart comes so easily. It comes easy, but it, has, it, it takes a visible effort to repent and to turn and to approach the Lord. You know, I have seen it over and over in my life. I have seen people that would not forgive. I've seen people that, that would not allow God to move in their heart and in their life. They become bitter and they become self-absorbed with their loss, everything. And if the, if the, if the Lord allows, I'm working on a, on a message for, for Sunday, Pastor Jason. I guess you're teaching. <clears throat> it appears to be that way. Um, working on a, on a message about how to escape hopelessness. I believe that the Lord's given me some direction. But for now and for where we are right now, the most necessary thing 
is for us to search our hearts, to us to cause cleansing to take place in our lives. Shall we stand? Brother Jeff, could you come help me? Praise the Lord. You see, the Lord is speaking to us. The Lord is calling to us. I gave examples of those in the Scripture. I gave evidence of those at different times in the Word of God. But here we are, and we stand before Him. Are we allowing things to affect our relationship with Him? Are we allowing thoughts? Are we allowing feelings? You know, perhaps there's guilt. Perhaps there's just injustice done. Perhaps there's myriad of kind of things that, that happens in life. Life is tough. Life is difficult. Relationships are tough and difficult. The relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is one of the easiest relationships that you could ever imagine because he's always there with arms outstretched. He's always there reaching for you and for me as he reaches for us. I'd like for us for just a little while tonight to begin to close out everything and just begin to focus on the Lord. Devil, you're not stealing my praise. You're not stealing my relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm tired of going through the motions. I'm tired of just putting on a front to worship the Lord. I want the Spirit of the Lord to flow freshly in my life. I want the anointing of the Lord God to cover me and my family, my church family. I want the glory of the Lord to overshadow my life. Hallelujah. Come on. Right where you're at tonight. Right where you stand or right where you sit in this auditorium. Could you just begin to call out to God? Could you just begin to mend things that maybe are broken with Him? Could you allow the presence of the Lord to speak into your heart, to my heart? Hallelujah. God, I'm so sorry. God, I love you, God. Forgive me, Lord, of my iniquities. Cleanse me from sin. Oh, Lord God, I'm sorry, Lord Jesus. God, let me not harbor iniquity or grudges or unforgiveness. But, oh, Lord Jesus, let me stand before you pure, oh Lord Jesus, and open before you, God. God, speak through me. 
Jesus. I love you. Oh, Lord Jesus. I worship you, oh God. I'm sorry for my inconsistencies, Lord. I'm sorry for my faults, my failures, Lord. God, let the Holy Ghost rest upon me again, Lord. Let the tender presence of God sweep over me. God, let me have a freshness, Lord, when I lift my hands, Lord, and call out to you, O Lord Jesus. Sing it out, Brother Jeff. Change my heart. 
reach out. Let's step forward. Let our praise be pleasing to Him. In fact, for several times when I before I would come to the pulpit, before we would start the church, I'd ask God, is my praise really pleasing to you? Puts it in a different perspective. Let's give him the best. Let's worship and magnify him with everything that is within us. Praise the Lord. Lord bless you. Thank you for coming. 